Bootstrapping? Mental models? Welcome to the Reactor Podcast with your hosts, Justin Vincent and Mark Wilbur. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? I'm personally very tired. I'm a bit tired as well. It's uh, midnight here. Went for a long run today. Well, not long, but went for a, a run. <laughs> it's been a oh. week, so. Nice. So it's just, um, um, just 9 a.m. here, but I was up working on Slider until about 2 a.m. last night. Ah, so, yeah. so I just reviewed our goals before getting on the phone. Mm. And uh, I, last time you said you were going to try to get the, uh, like everything unlockable. So you could like use the keys and unlock the areas. Yes, I did that. I did that. Nice. I did that in a bit more. So basically, um, and it's it's quite sort of fastidious coding. Um, it's, it's really interesting coding a game versus coding a SaaS app. Um, because a game kind of has infinite possibilities and a SaaS app yeah. has kind of a direction. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's a lot of weird edge cases, you know, um, with a game that, that you just never thought you'd, you know, you'd never thought you'd say like, um, if they jump into Zorg's goatee, they can get a thousand some, you know, <laughs> nice. with, with stuff like that. Nice. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so you start the game off. I haven't got it. I haven't got it um, pointing you to the first track, but I have got the keys done. So it it says at the bottom of the track, win with a little key symbol of of the mm-hmm. of the blue key card. Then you go up the track, and then the key is hovering above the final target. Then you go onto the target. Then you the key disappears, and then goes into your your tool belt, which is at the bottom of the screen. So now you have the key in your tool belt. And so then you can go and look around for the force field that says where there's a, where there's a robot with a screen with a blue key on this. In other words, you need that blue key to open the force field. Yeah. So, then, so then you press your inventory. The key, he holds the key and it, it makes a kind of whooshing sound like that. And then he touches the screen and then the robot takes the key and it's like... So is it, so is any of that new? Uh, like were were any of those things unplanned? Because I like I saw the like the force field before how you needed to you know complete one area and get a key and then you could go to the next area. Mm. But like the interaction with the robot was that a a new idea? No, it's it was planned. It's just it's just that this is it's been it it's done now and it works. So it goes the whole way through and then um, you know how there's this final challenge tower at the very end. Mm-hmm. So I I did a little trick where I have like a big force field at the bottom of that. So you have to get the key to unlock that. And then you jump up to this challenge tower and you see the beginning, which is the beginning of the final challenge, which is like the grand challenge. And there's a big portal, but you're looking through a door that now says six orbs required. 
So you uh, sort of, it's, it's like a bait and switch. It's like a, it's like a sort of fake up. So you think you've unlocked it, but now it's like, oh no, you've got to go around all the tracks again and grab an orb from each track. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> idea. And, um, and then slightly changing the track and, and making it harder to get the orb from each track. So that's just where I'm working right now is uh, plugging in the orbs. Very cool. Um, yeah. So my uh, main goal did not go as well. <laughs> Sorry, it, was, yeah. it was to make four videos. Uh-oh. And I didn't publish any. I, I got really bogged down in uh, um, basically in the ideation, ideation stage. Like I... Uh, I came up with what I thought would be a lot of good video ideas. Like I have a list of almost 20 video ideas now. Um, and, and I also thought of like what, uh, what things I could draw for them specifically that would make the video more interesting. Oh, about drawing, um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think just switching up the uh, – just switching up the the lesson a little bit. So instead of it just being me talking and coding continuously, there'll be a few diagrams and uh, partially to, to aid comprehension for some stuff, but, but also largely to make it more interesting. Um, so I, I came up with a bunch of ideas, but then I realized like, Oh, this is actually like more work than I thought it would be to make this video. Mm. And uh, I, I was a, about to do like a kind of like an easier one where I'm just talking about something, but then I thought of a bunch of drawings for it too. Um, <laughs> it's gonna. I've been thinking about the uh, the the one that I I was getting ready to record tonight, but I didn't get uh, didn't have enough time to do was uh, um, like the problem or the mistake a lot of people make when they're looking for their first programming job or when they're deciding like what tech stack do I want to go into? Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Cause I, I've got a fair number of acquaintances in, in Taiwan that are like foreigners that are teaching English or something. And they kind of, you know, they're, they're like looking at programming thinking maybe they should get into it. And it seems like everyone is super obsessed with the, uh, the supply of jobs yeah, or, or I should say, yeah, the supply of jobs, but they're not thinking about the supply of programmers. So it's like there are you know more jobs involving JavaScript than anything else. Therefore, I should do free code camp and become a front end developer. Uh, but the market, at least from what I can tell online, I think the market is really flooded with people that did exactly that right now. Mm. Uh, and and there's some other things like uh, I think like uh, an Android mobile dev uh, would actually have an easier time breaking in because uh, the market for Android has been growing very fast, like faster than iOS, faster than the web, and there aren't a ton of people flooding into it. But isn't that <clears throat> where you should say? And by the way, Elixir is is really good. That's what you Yeah. Should. Well, Elixir is kind of starting to flip because before, uh, like say two or three years ago, I think it was a huge advantage for the entrepreneur because um, there weren't that many positions available, but there were, a, you know, comparatively larger number of early adopter developers who got into it, like the technology thought, wow, this is amazing. You know, I, I would take like a 20% pay cut if I could write this instead of Java or, you know, something like that. 
Um, but now it's kind of flipped. Like now I think uh, there, uh, a lot of those startups have, uh, have grown over the last mm. two, three years, and now they need more developers and, and all those early adopters have already moved to Elixir. That's that. Yeah. So exactly. So that this is a great, a great opportunity for you to build that market and get people to learn Elixir from you and level up their skills. Sweet. I don't, I don't think I'm going to build the market. Like uh, I, I really think that's going to come down to the, like the major contributors in it. Right. Unless I build a company and I'm hiring people, right? Like, like if I like knock it out of the park with some, business that's built on elixir then yeah that'll grow it but uh, i mean isn't that maybe i'm being pedantic but if you convert one person didn't you just build the market yeah yeah so i'm i'm having a minuscule positive effect for sure right. like I've, I've made a lot of free tutorials that make you know that lowers the barrier for entry a little bit um you know i i, I have I'm, I'm sure influenced a few people just by being active on indie hackers, but a YouTube channel with, you know, 3,200 subscribers is not going to move a market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it would actually, I'd have a much bigger effect if I, if I had like a big YouTube channel where I was teaching JavaScript and then I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Let, let's check out Elixir. You know, talking about YouTube, um, could, is it all right if I? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Talking about YouTube, um, we were, I was, <clears throat> I guess, talking on the forum and I saw this guy called um, Planet Dad on, on the... Uh, I don't know that one. <clears throat> no, it, yeah, it's, it's just his, his random username. I think he was called Planet Dad on the Roblox forum. And I reached out and said, hey, hi, from one Roblox dad developer to another. Anyway, we ended up talking and turns out that um, this guy is from Planet Milo, a YouTube channel with over 100,000 subscribers and himself and his son do YouTubing Roblox games together and he's building a Roblox game. Oh. And so, um, I don't know, it was kind of like a whirlwind um, uh, lock surface area type of thing. But within, I don't know, within a couple of hours, there was like 20 kids playing Slider. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Milo was playing it, um, his, his son. His and, son. Yeah. And so, and, and Jack was on, on the line playing. And so it was just like crazy with all that. Just so, you know, really getting to see what their what their general what the kids mm -hmm. uh, thought of it, and they were have they were just having such a ball. I mean, they completed the whole thing in like you know twenty minutes, but um, they were having a ball. But there was no there was no locks, there was no locking on it. Oh, okay, okay. So they so they sort of just skipped through tracks and just went to the hardest track. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we've we've tested it. Just one sec. It was really cool to have. Um, a, like a, a professional YouTuber, you know, playing the game and make that connection. Yeah. And, um, you know, and also he knows a lot, like um, Milo's dad uh, obviously knows a lot about Roblox. So it's great mm -hmm. to talk to someone who really understands the marketplace and the life cycle of games and stuff like that. And I think you might be right about some of those games uh, like um, Disaster Survival. It was like one of the first games on there. And that's the ones that, yeah. That's yeah. the reason why it, hang, it hangs around. Yeah, I, I got that impression because if if something looks uh, less polished than the other ones around it, and it's still gigantic, it's usually because it got in early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, 
So has he made a lot of games before, or just just like one or two? Well, he hasn't released any yet. Um, but he's built. Oh. He's he's sort of so, he's um, he's self coding. He's he's an he's an interesting guy. He's the he's the kid of a couple of San Francisco uh, coders, mm-hmm. and but he himself is about my age. So you can see that he's sort of lived his whole life as a kid. This dad, the Planet Milo's dad. So he is a giant kid. He's a grown oh. up. He's a man child. And then he has a kid who's a kid. And then they both absolutely love playing games together. So, um, nice. so but he's, he's sort of um, been doing bits and bits, of, bits and pieces of hobby coding over the years. Um, but has recently started just really actually coding. And he's, he's, tried, he's tried to build like five different games and then sort of thinks of a new one. And they're very manga focused. It's all about manga. That must have been like some, some rebellious streak to not have become a coder until 50 <laughs> growing up in San Francisco with two programmers for parents. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, and, and he, I guess his, I guess he just, he was a gamer. He's been yeah. a gamer all life, you know? So, um, so he's now, you know, starting to, to code as a gamer, which is kind of, cool. that's uh, yeah, that's cool. Roblox is IPOing, which is also interesting. They're IPOing. I didn't. I didn't know anything about that. And what, um, how big did it, is it probably going to be? Well, I've did some. In, I did some um, calculations. So they. So, based off my calculations, in 2020, they think that they're going to pay out. Um, their estimate is to pay out 250 million to developers like me. Hmm. So when you do the math and and reverse engineer it. That means that they've made approximately 1.2 billion in revenue. Okay, um, because so, of some commitment to to pay out a certain percentage. Oh, yeah. just because it's it's always 30 percent. It's no, it's 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 like the, the 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 percentage of the Roblox to the to the to the dollars uh, gives me the total amount of Robux spent, and yeah. then if and then I can look at the Robux spent and see how much consumers paid for that. Right. So, right. so consumers ended up paying 1.25 billion for the Robux this year. Well, also, didn't you say that they pay 30% to the developer? Uh, they pay, it's not 30%. It's, um, I, I can't remember the exact percentage, um, but okay. it, I, th- I think it might be, it might be, I think it works out at 0.0035 Robux to the dollar i'm i mean um for whatever amount so i i mean That's like what if, I'm saying, if a yeah. consumer spends yeah one dollar the developer who wrote the app gets how many cents well it's more it's more complicated than that so what actually the way that it works is if a consumer buy spends a hundred robux in your game mm-hmm. roblox keep 30 percent of that so you will get 70 robux then that, okay. is, then that is stored in your account. And then you can convert those Robux to real dollars at a rate of $1 to 0.0035 Robux. Is a conversion rate... Oh, wait. Rate... No, sorry, wait. One Robux is $0.0035. Is the conversion rate different when you're buying and selling them? Yes, because if you're, bu- if okay. you're buying... Like, massively. Because if you're buying as a... If, if you're buying... It's approximately five five dollars to buy four hundred Robux, so the okay. consumer pays pays five bucks for four hundred. Okay. But but as a as a developer, for that same sale, you you would get a maximum of one dollar. 
Oh, okay. So the developers are making less than 20%. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, when, okay. when, all's, when all's said and done. Okay, okay. So, so the revenue's got to be at least five times what they're paying out to devs. Oh, they've, they've made... I mean, they have cash to play. Their net is about 900 million for this year. Uh, okay. So I don't know how big that company is, but a, a net of 900 million, that's, that's good, in my opinion. I mean, they, they say that the servers cost um, around 350 million a year. Um, so they're doing, and then, then they've obviously got staff, you know? Yeah. And game, oh, game servers are also, I, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this on a previous show, but on, uh, on hacker news, there was a, you know, discussion about like, um, Amazon egress fees and like, who's, who's like building their own and basically everyone building their own was doing game servers. Cause yeah. cause like you just can't afford the bandwidth. Yeah. Even, yeah. even without the rest of the hardware requirements. Yeah, which is which is uh, you know, so it's it's cool. It's an interesting little thing. It's a phenomenon, right? It's sort of it like is, a yeah. It's like a YouTube of games, really. Yeah, it's um, cool. Um, let's see. So I I had one other uh, one other bit of progress on a goal I wanted to share. Oh, that nice. Is, Tell us. Uh, I got the one click deploy button done on Phoenix Igniter. Cool. So cool. I got the uh, I got bogged down on making videos. But uh, did something on Phoenix Igniter at least. So remind us what that does. Or remind me. Um, it uh, it will basically you click the button, and if you have an account on uh, that host oh, yeah, I mentioned yeah, before, yeah, 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 render, then just that one click and it's deployed. Now, did you move that to? Um, I mean, that's huge, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix- I, th- I think I think some people are going to buy it just because of that. Oh yeah. I mean, isn't that like on the front page, like headline, like one click deploy your product? <laughs> uh, it's going to be once I update it. Okay, nice, nice. Um, it's it's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit awkward because right now the front page has a whole bunch of stuff about UI components that I have basically uh, thrown away twice in, in you know, mid, midway through producing them. Oh, uh, so I have nothing there, but I, I have a totally different thing that I wasn't promising. <laughs> That's okay. So definitely, That's yeah, okay. definitely Switch needs to up. update. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think people will be happy about it. Only thing is, maybe some people are gonna be like, "Well, I don't want to use Render," and I'll just be like, "Okay, it's fine. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You can you can deploy it anywhere you want. Just here's a button if you want to do it easily." Mm-hmm. Um, Could you do one-click deploys to other places? Um, Heroku has a way. Um, I don't think you can with DigitalOcean. I, I mean, well, it would be possible. You'd have to like make an app because like DigitalOcean has their their like uh, app store. Although, although it's it's basically it's like a you know one click WordPress installer, one click yeah, this yeah. installer, that installer. I think you. I think the community can make those. Like it doesn't doesn't have to be from from uh, um, someone at DigitalOcean. Have you told anyone about your one-click deploy? Just you. Uh, apart from on this show. Yeah, just you. <laughs> um, well, I well, mean, like, no one's heard this yet, but before the show is published, people will have heard of it. Okay, that's we're cool. We're processing episode 27 as, uh, as we speak. Are so you still no intro it? yet. Still no intro yet. In, uh, uh, isn't this tw- the one you wanted 
Oh, no, you wanted 28, 28 okay. is when it starts, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I wanted the intro to start when, when we discuss it, yeah. Okay, so, well, um, very soon. Very soon we'll have it. <laughs> cool. Um, I haven't checked that. Was there any comments on the on any of the shows recently? Not super recently. There, there were a couple shows ago. Liam commented. Okay. And I believe the last episode, which I published a bit late, uh, doesn't have any comments. Oh, don't give so much away for free. That has three comments. No comments and multi-level marketing. Yeah, it's just some some of them sort of just take. Well, usually it's just one one person commenting anyway. After someone comments, then uh, you know, then then we answer, and then sometimes yeah. they 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 reply again. <laughs> Although I I suspect last show may have some because uh, uh, of your uh, your competitor. Who's my competitor? My my German buddy, who I who I met as a digital. Oh guy. yeah 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 yeah. The, the getting things done app guy. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll probably be like, I, I, I gave up on this thing. I'm doing a totally different thing now. <laughs> um, so I have some news. Yeah. Um, Mateo pushed, Hey, hi to product hunt today. I saw that. I, I clicked through the email and, and, uh, Gave it an upvote. It's uh, oh, thank you. That's like nineteen upvotes, I believe. Oh yeah, he's got um. Let's see, he's on one hundred and three upvotes now. Oh well. So he's officially on the front page. Yeah, officially on the front page, which is great. So um, yeah, he's he's or he's had like already um. So the cool thing about it is is that hey hi itself. So what it is is um, you put a widget on your website, and then and then as long as you while you make yourself available, someone can just click a button and then you are having a video chat just like we're doing right now instantly in their web page. Well, so he's had 10, 10 calls today and they've been very good. But it's been interesting. It's been a very good tool for product development because like you're talking to someone in the product. Mm-hmm. They hit the landing page, then you're talking to them and, and sort of seeing all the different possibilities about that. And so, Hey Hi uses Hey Hi, I assume. Hey Hi uses Hey Hi, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we'll we'll hear more on that. Um, obviously, it's only just the beginning of the day in the U.S., so he's got the rest of the U.S. day for it to be on the front page. Right? Is he in the U.S. or, or where? is it Italian? Yeah, Italy. Oh, Italian. Yeah, yeah. The like Product Hunt and Indie Hackers are both kind of a pain for those of us living in Asia. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like I, I had a couple times I I submitted like a a milestone on indie hackers mm-hmm. and then like 10 minutes later like an hour later it said it was yesterday i was like what <laughs> i just i just ate I lunch and now it's yesterday yeah you have to you have to like do it at just the right time yeah 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 um yeah so did you see any of the uh the apple presentation yesterday no, tell me, tell me about it. And I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I know there, there were lots of memes about all the cameras on the new iPhone. Oh, <laughs> like what? Uh, I saw one meme that was like uh, the the phone. Actually, it's an older meme, but it got traction again. Uh, it was like the uh, iPhone of twenty twenty nine, and it was like the. <laughs> It was the the <laughs> iPhone twenty or something. I could imagine. It, ju- it just had like 
15 cameras on it on the back of it that's hilarious yeah i i don't know i I haven't really kept up too much i've i I have been uh i have been thinking about some apple related stuff though Um, yeah so remember a couple times ago you were like hey can you just uh um you know show me the handwriting recognition with your your uh apple pencil on the mac yeah, and I was like, "No, I can't do that. Just do it on the on the uh, iPad." Well, it turns out there's a thing called Sidecar. Yeah, have you heard of that? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, I I had not, yeah. but there's a thing called Sidecar where you can uh, you can either mirror your display, you can like use your iPad as a second monitor, or you can uh, uh, mirror display, or you can use your Apple Pencil on the iPad within a, a Mac app. And mm. so I was like, "Oh yeah, that's great. I want to do that." But I'm not allowed to. I, I had to upgrade to Catalina, and then uh, turns out the only way you're allowed to do it is if you have, uh, if you're signed into iCloud, which I haven't used at all on my Mac, yeah, in both devices, and you have to have a phone number connected to iCloud. And I don't have a voice phone service. I, I'm like 100% on data. Isn't there a way? Isn't there a way that you could set them up? Yes, there is. I I went I went through Apple support. Okay. No, no dice there. Yeah. But I uh, went to GitHub and I found some uh, I found some code that can uh, you basically uh, you have to write your own app and and there there's someone who's like basically done it um, and then you uh, you back up your sidecore sidecar core. You self-sign your own app, and then you, you know, mess around with a bunch of stuff on your on your your Mac, and <laughs> you can um, you can uh, make it so you can use Sidecar. This this is kind of like Hackintoshy though, because you you can enable Sidecar even on like pre-Catalina OSs, and you can make it work on on like pre-iOS 14. Wouldn't it be easier to just get the iCloud account and like borrow someone's phone? Well, I, I thought about that. So I could, you know, I could like just temporarily get a phone number to use. But then if they're using that for second factor authentication, if I ever no longer had access to that phone number, which is like really likely because I I had been you know, traveling a lot and changing phone numbers a lot and every, most of my friends are the same way, um, then I would lose access to everything, like the whole account, all the apps I've bought. But you don't have to, you don't have to turn on two-factor authentication. Yeah, you do. That's the whole thing. So right now, if I click on the Sidecar logo and click connect to uh, my iPad, says unable to connect to Mark's iPad, the iCloud account does not use two-factor authentication. And they have no other option for two-factor authentication except a phone number. Like you can't have like a, like Authy or, or one of the other. But couldn't you use like a, like a family member's phone number? Uh, I could, although once again, if I ever lost access to that or it changed, it would be a problem. But why would it change? I mean, if it's a family. Well, okay. So my, uh, 
uh, my grandmother, who I grew up with, who was like the family member I was closest to, okay, uh, yeah, just moved into like a elderly care home, and her phone number changed. <laughs> okay, um, so it, it's like a, it's rolling the dice. Like I could do something, I'm sure, but I I don't want to like risk my entire account. Um, and I believe I can patch the. I believe I can patch sidecar to make it possible. Just searching for a get virtual phone number for SMS. Get a virtual yeah. phone number. Yeah. On, on a, SMS. Simple text. On a metal level, I, I think this the policy is horrible. Like like it's a bad UX, but it's also like pretty bad security because SMS security isn't isn't particularly strong. So I'm, I'm not really sure why Apple's forcing everyone down that particular path. Oh, so you, <clears throat> you would definitely, just as a, as a reference, you would definitely be able to buy um, a service, like I'm just looking at simpletexting.com, mm-hmm. um, 25 bucks a month um, for in and out. Well, geez. But, but to be honest, if you sign up with a, Twi- a Twilio account, um, you, will, you will get a couple of numbers that you can use um, forever. Hmm. You know, I've, yeah, but as as long as you as long as you maintain the account, um, I've huh. I've used Twilio. Do you, do you have some like that? And you can use those for second factor authentication. Well, uh, basically, second factor authentication just means that it it would receive a text, right? Yeah, but I I have a Google Voice number, and a lot of systems, including Apple, reject that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and and I think I think it's specifically because they know that's like a voice over IP service. Mm, yeah, that might be a, a, something that Apple might know because most people are so... There's only like five providers, five main back-end providers of that. So yeah. Apple might just know all the numbers and just sort of go, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's, it's really... No- and the other thing, the other thing is, is my iPad is tethered to my computer. Like I, I have an iPad... Oh, this doesn't work with my... Uh, yeah. my uh, San Francisco background, but I, I have it connected via USB. So why is it necessary to even be logged in to iCloud to begin with? Like, yeah, they're I mean, connected that literally by makes a no cable. Sense. You yeah. should be able to communicate between the two. Completely illogical. And, yeah, and as far as like the security, like they're, they're letting me buy apps for the iPad. Yeah. So it's, I don't feel like they're really protecting me. It's just, just being a pain. Yeah, um, it is. But no, you're right. I agree with that. But it's been it's been an intriguing uh, technical challenge. So is that going to be a thing that you do now? What? Just Connect. patch my OS? Yeah, or, yeah. Basically, you know, rec- recompile Mac OS. I've well, no, it's not that bad. This is I this know. is just <laughs> patching Sidecar. But I I've had some experience with Hackintosh. I've never built my own, but one of my old buddies did. Like you three should or four put times. that on YouTube. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure about the, I'm not sure about the um, the terms of service. Like, I'm not. I'm not sure if YouTube it, uh, likes those videos. <laughs> okay, it's hard to say. But uh, um, in other news, I, I part of why I haven't gotten as much done on my projects as I wanted is I've been just completely sucked into those no starch press books I bought. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I've gone. I've now gone through. About 600 pages of C++ books, and uh, wow. I've, I've been going through this other one called The Secret Life of Programs, which is like a 
it's kind of like NAND to Tetris ish kind of book. So it, you know, starts at hardware and then like looks at OS and then like the uh, application system interface. And it's not, none of it's related to Alchemist Camp. I actually haven't even cracked open the, uh, the Erlang one, which, which would be sort of related to what I do, but it's been, uh, yeah, it's just, just completely, uh, um, absorbing. Wow. So, uh, so you know a lot more about general knowledge about computers. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely getting a better, I mean, it's, it's only been, you know, a couple of weeks I've had these books, but I'm definitely, I feel like I'm getting a better handle on some systems related stuff than I had before. Cause everything I did before was pretty high level web stuff. Okay. So it, it, it may come in useful somehow at some point, but but it hasn't uh, it hasn't helped grow my YouTube channel at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Yep. That is uh, <laughs> that is the state. Um, I also saw something I hadn't hadn't uh, looked at closely in a while that uh, I found really interesting, or or not super interesting, but interesting enough. Yeah. And that is the NIST webpage, which is National Institute for Standards and Time. Okay. And I am sharing a screen. Can you see it? I can, yeah. Yeah. So look at these time zones. Like some of it, like sure, Colorado, Wyoming, California, Nevada, like that's all just right along the state lines. Yeah. But like look at Arizona. It's like there, there's, it's mostly uh, daylight savings and then like yeah. a little patch that is and then a surrounding circle that's not. That's Meanwhile, weird. like Oregon and Montana have kind of like trade time zones for a little bit of space near their respective borders. Well, look, Arizona, yeah, Arizona Mountain Standard Time. It's, it's very specific. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's related to reservations. Like, there's some some tribal reservations around there, and also in in Montana, I think. So, um, this this is why time zones have so many crazy edge cases. Yeah, it's like you can't even remotely go by the state. No, no, that's weird. Yeah. So you'd have to. So so how would you even? Um, how would you even? No, I mean that's that's bizarre. Like, how would your code know? Like, it's going to map it, map it to. A... I think that's why you have to use UT or you have to use UTC for everything. Yeah, jeez. Like, like their computer will know. So, like, yeah. if if someone's in like the the northeastern little bit of Indiana that for some weird reason is Central Time, while the rest of it's Eastern Time their computer will be will have like central time set. Yeah, I know on Nugget I use um I don't use UTC, which is a mistake. Oh. But, yeah. Well, but do time does the time really matter much for Nugget? The server uses UTC, but the code doesn't. Okay. Um, which is yeah. No, it doesn't matter. It's it's just I mean, the only thing it matters is a, a like we were speaking about like a day roll over time. And so I've got the day right. roll over as like eight o'clock, you know, or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I encountered a lot of headaches with this, um, like at Verbling and Groupon, because like Verbling was this online tutoring platform. So you'll have someone, you know, in Chile making a, uh, an appointment to tutor somebody else who's in yeah. Colorado and teach them Spanish or something, you know, so, so there, there were time, weird time zone issues from all over the world we had to deal with. Yeah, I can believe it. Yep. Yeah. So, so you, so basically, you use the JavaScript. Um, you get the time. You get the time from the the browser essentially, and then you map that to UTC, and then that's how you sort of know everything. That's how you know where they are. Where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because they because you can't rely on, for example, um, the server. Put, it has to be client driven. Basically, what is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, the server knows when it's going to start the the tutoring session or or whatever it's doing. Yeah. But the yeah, the user has to. So, I guess if the user knows what their time zone is, or the user's computer knows what their time zone is, then then you're okay. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I just mean yeah. Just taking a step back. Just technically speaking, to deal with time zones, uh, the the trick is always rely on the client. That you the server can't work out in any way what the time zone is so the server just runs in utc and then the client javascript side of things that knows what the local time is and then you convert that to utc basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and well or actually i don't this is one thing where i i do use other people's libraries okay because there's yeah, so many edge cases too many yeah, edge cases yeah it's, it's helpless otherwise mm-hmm. so um anything uh, anything else going on over there for you uh, not so much. I was just looking through notes and stuff and, um, nothing super big springs to mind to be perfectly honest. I'm thinking since both of us are pretty tired, we could just do a shorter episode this time. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's uh no need to stretch it out just for the sake of it. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I, Okay, I have the same goal. I'm gonna. I'm still gonna try four to videos. get four videos out, um, which is easy. Should be easier because I've got pieces of a whole bunch of videos ready, and I'm probably gonna keep on going through all those books because I can't. I can't help myself. <laughs> so do that, it because you should then, follow uh, your bliss. Yeah, I. I think. I think motivation is is kind of a resource in a way. You know, like when I have the motivation, I should just go for it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and gotta, gotta write a few emails. Like I think it's been too long since I've emailed people in Alchemist camp. I just gotta, just gotta be like, Hey, I still exist. I've made like a whole bunch of videos since last time I emailed you. <laughs> cool. Okay. And that's about it. So just make four videos, keep doing my thing. And then with the studying and then, uh, make an email. Okay. My goals are my, maybe just one goal. Um, I've got the key challenges working and the unlocks and the bring down the force field. So next thing I need to make the, the, the orb challenges work. And for that aspect, uh, when they start the challenge, I need to add on an extra bit of the challenge at the end on the final little Island to get them to climb up to the orb and then jump into the orb and then they claim the orb. So then I get that. And then once they've got six of those, then I unlock the grand finale. And then um, I just have to build a final little piece on the end of the grand finale 
for them to win that tiny part at the end. I've got this idea of of a, of putting a slider sort of at an angle, like a, a very steep angle, and giving it a giant force so that um, when they step on it, it flings them like millions of miles into the air. <laughs> and then and then the target that they have to hit to win the game is like on this huge like arc and they have to like, it, while they're in air, like navigate. Okay, okay, it's this, t- it's this tiny little thing that gradually comes towards them. And if they hit it, then they win the challenge. So that's what, I, and they win the, the big finale. And um, yeah, and then my my dev has started working up the robot pets side of things. Oh, yeah, he's a it's a dev. I thought it was a designer. He's a he's a builder and a developer. But he's um, I mean I'm mainly doing the coding, but um, he does he does do code, but uh, he doesn't have the same uh, thirty years coding experience. Let's put it that way. But um, he gets stuff working. He pro- he's a great prototyper. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. So basically, to cut a long story short, to get the, the the orb challenges orb challenges and final challenge working that's it sounds, still sounds like it could be a lot yeah so is it still <laughs> is it still like pretty much on schedule for end of the month i think end of the month is looking good at the moment because the yeah. only piece after that that i need to do is to get georgie to say 40 different lines and plug that <laughs> and plug that into the game <laughs> She's uh, she's kind of like your your uh, voice actress for yeah all the good. projects yeah it's good and people will hear her on episode twenty eight well we'll have already heard her yes yes all right well I very see, soon that'll see. be out yeah all right dude good one all I'll right see you see you next week see ya. Yes.